Hello and welcome to Moneyline. This is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me. It is a Friday. We're about to wrap up the week. We got a really special show for you. We're going to concentrate on SPACs, Special Purpose Acquisition Corps. We're going to talk about some SPACs that just started trading, some that just made deals, some that have already merged, but what ones you should be keeping your eye on. All coming up now. Get your pen, get your paper, get everything out. We got a big show coming up right now on Moneyline. The buck starts here. Moneyline with Matt McCall. All right, folks, once again, this is Matt McCall. It is Friday, almost said January, Friday, February 19th. I should know this. My birthday's next week, believe it or not. So send all birthday cards and scotch uh, right to the office. I'll, I'll take it, you know, but uh, just joking, but it is my birthday. Uh, and most of you know how old I am. I won't tell you, but most of you know. And uh, so I should know the date. So it's Friday, February 19th today. Uh, it's a little snowy day out here in Baltimore. I'm looking at snow outside the window. But we have a pretty big show ahead of us. And we got, you see, every day it's getting a little bit better. This is our new touchscreen television, which I'm about to use in one second. But uh, we're still kind of getting things going. Hopefully the sound's better. I apologize. The sound was a little not so great the last two times. But again, work in progress, but we're getting there. You should see this. This is a studio is going to look amazing once we're done. And once we launch IPTV and we start doing this stuff every day, it's going to be amazing. But, you know, part of it is growing pain. So Brooke, our producer, has been kicking butt, working late, getting everything set up in here. It looks awesome. So thank him whenever you meet him because uh, he's the one who makes this all possible. So right now, let's talk about the markets. You know, it's one of those things where you look at the S&P 500 right here, and uh, we're a couple ticks off an all-time closing high. Right now we're at 39.29 right there. We're up 15 points, just so you know what you're looking at on, on the screen here. And it doesn't feel like it as much to my personal portfolio because I've had such a big run. And for our subscribers and our clients at Penn Financial Group, we've had such big runs. But a lot of our portfolios pulled back in the last couple of days as money rotated out of some of the high flyers into some of the value stocks. And people are asking, what's going on? Should I sell? One of my copywriters, oh my God, I, I, my account was down the last two days. They said, calm the heck down. Stocks don't go straight up. You can't have the best performing stock every day. If you're going to blow the doors off the market for a week, a month, a quarter, six months like we have, you're going to have a couple days where you lag the market. It's all right. So just get used to it because you're not going to have every day that's up. But I will say this, overall, right there, the market looks great. So I got a little, this isn't our drawing thing yet that we're going to be using, but I have a little bit of a drawing thing I'm going to play with here. And just kind of going to show you uh, what's going on. And what we'll see here is this was the old high on the S&P 500 uh, right back here. And what happens is when you break above a resistance level, it becomes support. So we broke above that level around 38.70 or so. And then now we're pulling back and consolidating. We aren't even at this red line, which is a 50-day moving average. We're consolidating above support. This looks fantastic, folks. This is a great breakout, little bit of a pullback for, as far as the market's concerned. And a lot of stocks look great. You know, when I get done doing this, it's about, what, 11.54 or so uh, East Coast time, midday. Uh, that gives me about, what, uh, four more hours or so to get out there and start buying. I'm going to do some buying for clients because some of the stocks we're watching have pulled back and look great. So that's where we stand with the market. Let's talk Bitcoin really quick because Bitcoin just hit a market cap, a market valuation, if you will, of $1 trillion, folks. $1 trillion. 
it traded over $53,000 per Bitcoin. And you know where it is right now? $54,251 for one Bitcoin. Do you remember when we were pounding the table a year ago at 7,000, 8,000, 9,000, 10,000? Even if you bought at 10,000, you made 5.4 times your money in less than a year. And I kept telling you, I'm buying, I'm buying my own money and putting into it. I love this. This is, this is one of the greatest things. Hopefully this keeps going up. It pays for my house in Nicaragua. But I mean, you're looking at the list here. This is the breakout of all breakouts. 40 grand was important, but then we pulled back, we tested it. Now breaking out to 54,000 to a new high. Last Friday, remember I said, we're gonna hit 50,000 over the weekend. And we did on a long weekend on Monday. We're now at 54,251. I, you know, I'd probably do for a little consolidation. We've had a hell of a run. Uh, just from Monday, we're up like almost 10%. I, I would say we probably see 56,000 over the weekend potentially. Sunday seemed to be ugly days. So if Sunday we pull back to the 50, high 40s, man, oh man, if you're still waiting, get in. Start scaling in because I do think this is six figures by the end of the year. And that means it's $100,000 by the end of the year. It's a very simple argument. It's what's called supply and demand. Almost 90% of all Bitcoin has already been mined. The remaining 10% will take about 100 years to be mined. There's only ever gonna be 21 million in circulation. So supply is stagnant at best, where demand is skyrocketing. So if supply goes like this, but demand keeps going higher, what has to happen this is simple economics 101. If you ever took it in high school or college, supply and here's demand, the price has to go up and meet. The price will meet it until the demand comes down. So price keeps going up. We had Jeffrey Gundlach, who's the bond king, who's been so wrong on the market. I mean, the guy's a schlub, even though he manages, manages billions of dollars. He is an absolute schlub. He's been so wrong every year in Barron's Roundtable. He's so wrong. But people keep giving money for some odd reason. It's, it's like, it's like you know, an athlete who's got a good name. People will keep putting him on their team, even though their statistics show that he stinks. That's this guy. But he finally came out and said he, he kind of likes Bitcoin now. Well, I went back because I'd like to see you know, what, what he said in the past. In 2018, he called a peak. Um, said it would never fit into his DNA of what he does as far as investing. Now he's looking at it. So once again, this is hashtag old Wall Street. You call your broker at Edward Jones or Ameriprise, wherever that, oh no, it's too risky. Tesla's too risky. Bitcoin's too risky. If you ever call Penn Financial Group, I would never tell you that. I might say, this is too risky for your risk profile, but it's your money at the end of the day. If you say it's okay, we'll, we'll do it. But it's too, maybe too risky for you. But when it comes to Bitcoin, I, I, did, I did something recently for a subscriber uh, webinar. I, I looked at Bitcoin versus gold. Over the last six months, gold is actually down. The S&P 500 is up double digits. Bitcoin is up 400% almost. Gold is down double digits, over 15%. And people think gold's the safest thing in the world, but Bitcoin is too aggressive. That's nonsense. It's because you don't understand it. It's because the media tells you it's aggressive. It's because old Wall Street doesn't want you to be in it because it screws them over. And then there's the governments. If you start using Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, there's no demand for the US dollars anymore. 
They can't manipulate it. The Fed can't manipulate it. The ECB can't. The Bank of Japan, they can't manipulate money anymore. It scares them to death. That is where Bitcoin comes in. And then you have all the altcoins that I love, and that is a software of the roaring 2020s. I'm telling you folks, I, I, I've been pounding the table, again, since this was below 10,000, we're now closing in on 55,000. We have Ethereum closing in on 2,000. The number three coin right now, believe it or not, now worth over 46 billion dollars is a coin that we have in one of our portfolios. Binance coin is above 300, $300 right now. In the last 24 hours, it's up 54%. Unbelievable. I mean, so congratulations, subscribers. And then again, anything I say here is not a buy recommendation. I'm just telling you, the last week, Binance coin's up 130%. In the last month, 531%. Congrats. Okay. So we're going to get into SPACs because that's what originally what I wanted to talk about. But uh, I kind of got off you know, topic here, as I tend to do very easily. Um, so I asked people on Twitter some questions, what they wanted me to talk about. So let's talk about a couple of the SPACs. And the one that comes up the most, and I will talk about it, yes, uh, is CCIV. What just happened there? Is CC... Oops. Sorry about that. Um, collapse. I got to tell you, I love technology sometimes, but sometimes I truly, truly hate it. Uh, there we go. Look at that. Not as old as you think. All right. So CCIV, there is not even a definitive agreement, but there's been rumors and talks and all kinds of stuff floating around on the internet, uh, in the media, uh, Churchill Capital Corp 4, symbol CCIV. Symbols are here. The name's right there. 59.86, 59.87. So it's already up almost $50 from the $10 SPAC price because there's rumors, there's talks that it will be merging with Lucid Motors, which is a very sought after electric vehicle company. Will it happen? I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see. I will tell you this. Let's, let's say, you know, it goes one of two ways, obviously, right? Whether the deal doesn't go through, this gets crushed the deal does go through, I think we see maybe an initial pop and then sell off. I think this is a situation of buy the rumors, sell the news. So to me, the upside is limited. If you bought it in 10, 20, 30, you probably want to take some off the table and play with house money, in my opinion. I would not enter a new position here because again, you've already priced in 6X the regular, the SPAC price. So I had nothing against Lucid Motors. It's just run up so much. I'd be very, very careful with that. So somebody else was asking, uh, what happens when your SPAC does not go up after a deal's announced? This is a really great question. And I'm gonna look at a couple here for you that have moved, have not moved. And um, the first one I pull up is VGAC. Uh, it's VG Acquisition Corp. And this is the Richard Branson backed SPAC. It did rally big up to over 17 bucks, close to $18 on the announcement that it was gonna be merging with 23andMe the uh, direct-to-consumer, basically, DTC, direct-to-consumer, uh, genetics uh, company, genomics company, genetic testing. And, you know, it's not the genomics, the genetic testing that I like and we have in our portfolios, which are not direct-to-consumer, it's more uh, through uh, healthcare professionals, uh, B2B, basically. So it rallied on the news and it keeps pulling back. This is in one of our portfolios for subscribers. I still like it and I actually love it right here around 13 and change. I believe that 23andMe is not the most exciting company and they're maybe looking for 
uh, Virgin Orbital, which is one of their space companies. Uh, I think they were thinking something a little bit more flashy, if you will. That being said, uh, the thing I like about 23andMe is they have so much as far as data. And data is worth its weight in gold. Actually, I take that back. Data is worth its weight in Bitcoin. So data is so important. Majority of the people that have signed up for this, that shared um, their DNA with 23andMe, then they get results back, have consented to let them have their information. So they have troves and troves of DNA information of various people around the world. That is worth a lot of money to somebody. So to me, this is actually a great acquisition. So I love it. So down at $13, boy, I got to tell you, I, I like it down here. I think it looks good. So, but again, example of one that's pulled back. I'll give you another example. Uh, RMGB, this made an announcement recently. Uh, you can see it kind of went up there on the news. Um, I got to pull up here the, all the specifics of it, sorry. Uh, RMGB, I do own this one for uh, uh, clients at uh, Penn Financial. And this is one that we bought prior to the announcement, which uh, is something that I've been doing here for myself. I tried it out. Uh, now we're doing it uh, with clients. And what we're doing is we're looking to invest in the jockey, on the team behind the SPAC. And by investing in the jockey, the, the goal is to buy around that $10, $11 range. And then your downside's $10. And I'll get more into that in a minute. And the upside, if it works out, it bounces on the news. This one ran up to $12.50, but it's at $11.53. They have an announce, uh, announcement, a definitive agreement that they're going to be merging with Renew Power. Uh, it's, a, it's an Indian company. Maybe that's why they don't like it. Uh, the deal's at about almost $4 billion. It's one of uh, India's largest renewable energy firms. So it kind of blows my mind that you have really one of the most populous countries in the world. They're moving towards renewable energy. They're spending money on it. This is one of the largest renewable energy companies in that country. Boy, I feel like it's worth a lot more. Maybe I'm wrong, but we're still holding. Uh, we're up, still up a little bit on it. But uh, I, I think this one is that's flying under the radar. It's one that could eventually take off. So again, to answer your question, I'm holding on to this one, even though it didn't move. And here's one more that is a recent announcement that came out. And um, this one isn't moving either. Uh, this is uh, Eastone. And I'm trying to see where my paperwork is on Eastone. I don't know where I put it. You know, I don't know where it is. I don't want to put it. But so Eastone is a uh, Chinese company. Again, maybe because they're not American companies, that, that's why investors are going away from it. But, um, you know, they announced uh, the merger uh, with JHD Holdings. Uh, it, it's like I mentioned, again, it's a Chinese company. Uh, about $1 billion uh, is a valuation for that. Uh, they, under, under, they operate under a name, uh, a Chinese name, but it's online and offline merchant enablement services platform for lower tier cities and emerging areas in China. Uh, everything that, you know, a full suite of services, technologies, point of sale, supply chain, logistics, fintech payment. You know, it sounds very much to me uh, like a Shopify or Beozoon, uh, which are two uh, companies. Shopify's in Canada, works a lot in North America. Beozoon's uh, in China right now doing that. So it, it sounds a lot like that to me. It, it's amazing, again, that this is really trading right at the SPAC price at 10 bucks. So 
Again, maybe one you want to keep an eye on. I do a little more due diligence on it, but it seems like it's in a really good business model. Uh, the Chinese consumer is an area you want to be invested in. Uh, we have several stocks that uh, have taken advantage of the Chinese consumer uh, for our clients at Penn Financial. We have a couple for uh, subscribers. So we do have uh, a lot of exposure to Chinese consumer, and that's been great for us. So uh, one I want to keep an eye on because it's not moving. And again, maybe it's because it's not an EV. It's not a charging station. It's not something that's sexy to a lot of investors, but sexy isn't always good. Sometimes the stuff that's a little more boring are some of the best investments out there. All right, so let's go through a couple others that uh, announced recently. This is a question I've got a, a few times, and my goodness, I'm kicking myself you know where on this one. Uh, this is Beachbody, FRX, Force Road Acquisition Corp. FRX up 27% today. You know, I had this on my list to buy for clients or subscribers or myself. I had it at the top of my watch list all week. You know, Mark has been kind of weird. I've been extremely busy and I just didn't, something, it wasn't acting the, the way I wanted to, but it did pull back. And sometimes, you know, you miss some. But when I looked at Beachbody and it's been around 22 years, I've talked about in the past, PX90, a bunch of brands everybody knows, really moving to uh, online health and wellness, which is what everybody's doing. You all know I own a fitness business, brick and mortar, but it also has a, 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 a component that is a digital as well. And that's where we're moving. Uh, but if I take a look at this company, uh, where it is right now, I, man, the current uh, valuation is around four, four and a quarter million. Let's call it four billion, sorry, four billion valuation right here, uh, give or take. And if I look at where uh, sales are, 2020, uh, the estimate when the numbers come out, it's going to be 880 million. So this, thing, this company's making money. By 2025, which is only four years from now, the estimate's about 3.3 billion. So that's just over one time sales uh, where it's trading at now. And again, granted, it's four years from now, but the valuation of a lot of these fast growth companies, especially online, something like this can scale dramatically. That's, that's the reason, I, you know, we may open more brick and mortar uh, finance, or sorry, fitness uh, facilities, but I'm focusing my attention on the digital aspect because you can scale the hell out of it. Uh, just like the newsletter business, everything else I, I try to do, I try to scale the hell out of it. Uh, that's where you make big money. So they're going to be able to scale. I would not chase it here, but if it pulls back to 13 or so, man, oh man, I'm going to have to give it a shot, even though I'm going to be pissed I didn't buy it at 11 where I wanted to. Uh, but this is one you want to keep an eye on. I love the money that, that uh, it's bringing in already, and that's, that's, that's fantastic. So we had a couple questions on that. Thanks for that. Those are good questions. Um, also had a couple questions on one I've talked about in the past, so it goes one pretty quick. Uh, Romeo Systems. So Romeo Systems, energy storage, lithium-ion batteries uh, they use for electric vehicles. Uh, revenue this past year, 2020, only $9 million, uh, but they're looking by 2022, which is only two years from now, $410 million. Uh, so you're seeing huge pickup in revenue, which I, I really like to see. And, uh, you know, there's been a couple other, uh, you know, SPACs in this kind of EV space, the charging space, the battery space, and, you know, they've all been pretty hot. And this is one that's really kind of lagged behind, uh, surprisingly to me. So uh, I, I kind of like where it's at. And, and I like the fact that it does have big revenue coming in. Again, right around that 15, I think it looks pretty damn good right there. So that is definitely one uh, that I would keep an eye on as well. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, this is one that I just had my analysts do a deep dive on. And uh, GHVI, Gore Holdings 6. Uh, this is Matterport. This is one that was so funny. I think it's two two Fridays ago. It had to be. I said, "Man, I wish Matterport was a publicly traded company." It wasn't a Friday. It had to be a Tuesday. And then uh, maybe it was a Friday, whatever day it was. The next day or that night, 
they announced they're going public via SPAC. You'd think that I was like looking in a crystal ball. Uh, and then of course it ran up on the news. It's another one that I knew that this thing was going to look good down here and it kept going. Again, I need to wait for a pullback here, but I love this company. This is part of the future of real estate, folks. It is a multi-trillion dollar business. I just emailed my realtor right before this. Uh, when I got back from Nicaragua, I thought, well, maybe I'm going to buy a bigger condo in my building. Even though I complain about my building all the time. It's brand new, so it's got growing pains. So I went with the realtor. This realtor was the biggest schmuck you've ever met. Not, not even two feet into the first apartment looking at it. So he's trying to upsell me to a very expensive condo, one of the more expensive condo buildings, if not the most expensive condo building in Baltimore. He should be kissing my ass. He's on his phone. Yeah, 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 sure, go ahead, look. Not buying. I just emailed him and I told his boss, I said, there's no way I would ever buy from you. But you don't need a realtor because I looked at another house with Matterport. 3D, you walk through, I don't need it. There's, the realtors are done. If you have a child or a grandchild that says, I want to be a realtor when I grow up, and I know I'm going to piss off all the realtors out there, tell them it's the worst decision ever because the realtors, the title people, they, that job will not exist in five years. There will not be realtors anymore. And I think I've said this before, my brother-in-law owns a realty company, so he won't be too happy with me either, but it is a dying business. You need to know when to get out. Get out now and don't let people come into it because all the businesses like this, these types of companies, uh, here's another one that's a, that, that was a SPAC. Open Door, I own this for clients at Penn Financial. This is the future of real estate. Zillow, the future of real estate. I own this one as well. Redfin, own this one as well. Future of real estate, they just bought another company today. About to close at an all-time high if it stays there. This is where it's at. How about this one? We had this one for Power Portfolio and we sold recently over 100% gain. EXP Worldwide, again, future of real estate. You can just see this. This is just where things are going, folks. All right, so keep going. Another one that has been a hot topic people ask about, so I'll go to it. Uh, Pershing uh, Square, Tontine Holdings. This is uh, Bill Ackman's. I own this personally for myself. I own the units. Uh, actually, I own this and the warrants now. I should take it back the unit split. So this is one that's trading up 200% from the $10 price, but there's been no deal announced yet. I mean, is it going to be Bloomberg? Is it going to be some big name? I don't know what it's going to be. Uh, and I'm getting to the point where if it gets back in the high 30s, mid high 30s, I might just sell it because at some point, if a great deal doesn't go through, it could get hit. So I'm getting a little nervous. So I might actually sell it if it gets back up there. I think I got in around 11, so I have a hell of a gain on it. So I might just get out and take it and run. Uh, again, I wouldn't buy it here if, if it was here right now. So let's take a look at, at a couple others here. Um, and again, I know I'm throwing a lot at you. And again, nothing's buy or sell recommendations, but I want to give you views on as many as possible. There's just so many SPACs right now. It's unbelievable. Uh, let's talk about some of these EV charging SPACs because a couple have come out recently and uh, I, I think it's important to, to look at them. So let's go through four of them. Uh, this one is uh, Tortoise Acquisition Corp. It's at around $15 right now. This is Volta. Uh, very, uh, it's a nationwide, <clears throat> nationwide network of, of EV charging stations. Um, they have free charging, but they partner with the brands to kind of sponsor, and that's how they get free charging to the drivers. Uh, their enterprise value around here is about $2.1 billion. And by 2025, they're looking to have about 826 million sales. So again, I'm looking ahead here. That's really not uh, a horrible place to be. Um, as, as far as a, uh, a price sales valuation looking out. So it's one you may want to keep an eye on. Uh, the other one is CLII, which is the Climate Change Crisis Real Impact One Acquisition Corp, which is just a ridiculous name. Uh, but this is EVGO. 
uh, and it's a uh, charging network as well. Uh, more than 800 locations in 67 metro areas. Uh, their valuation right now um, is closer to about high threes, almost you know, about $3.7 billion, $3 billion or so, so a little bit more. And their uh, estimate for revenue 2025 is a little bit less, $596 uh, million. So just apples to apples, uh, Volta looks a little better. That last one looks a little better to me. Uh, then there's ChargePoint, which is one that uh, we've talked about in the past. Uh, this is SBE. They announced a deal, Switchback Energy, way back in September. This one's really run up quite a bit. Uh, and, you know, the uh, enterprise value up here is closer to about $9 billion. So this is a pretty pretty pricey company. And their, their estimated revenue in 2025 is about $1.42 billion. A little more, but again, much pricier. And uh, they have the largest uh, network of independently owned EV charging stations here in the States. And then a recent one uh, is uh, TPGY. And this is TPG uh, Pace uh, Beneficial Finance Corp. And obviously uh, another SPAC. It's pulling back around $26 right now. This is merging with a company called EV Box. Uh, it's a global leader in EV charging technologies. Uh, what's cool about them is, is uh, they are global. And I, I love that aspect of it. Uh, the valuation around here is about $2.6 billion, so it's kind of reasonable. And if you take a look at 2023, that's as far as out as they go, uh, estimates of $415 million. And if I compare that with everything else, the only one that's going to have anything close to that will be uh, uh, ChargePoint, which again is trading at $9 billion versus $2.6 billion. So something to keep an eye on. So there's a couple of charging station ones I wanted to touch on. Uh, another one that people are asking about, which uh, I'm going to talk about two stocks here in a minute, this is ACIC, Atlas Crest Investment Corp, uh, around $16.82 right now. They recently just announced uh, that they're going to be uh, having a definitive agreement to merge with Archer. And Archer is a urban air mobility. They also call it EVTOL, Evo, um, which means it's an all-electric vertical takeoff and landing is what that means. And uh, this one right now is valued where we at? Probably about $4 billion or so. But by 20, the, the, the difference with this one is we're kind of far out. They're not expecting any revenue until 2024. So it's three years away till they expect any revenue. You're only looking at 42 million. Impossible to know, but again, this is, this is what they're projecting revenue in 2030. I, I get it, folks. It's nine years away. A lot can happen in nine years. But they're predicting 12.3 billion uh, with a B uh, in revenue. But again, who knows? The company may not even exist at that point. I do think the future of EVTOLs, uh, urban mobility, what I just simply call flying cars, all being, all, they're all going to replace all helicopters, number one. Uh, then they're going to come in and they're going to be for short distances. Uh, they're going to be everywhere. I, I really think it is the future. So I, I do like this one. I think of a little bit of a pullback around 15. I, I'd much rather to see it pull back. So this is a stock many of you know that we bought down here in our, in our newsletter. So we were up over 10x just a few days ago. And then some, uh, some hacks of a shorting company came out and shorted it, and they put out a scathing short report. Then the company said it's bullshit, and then it sold off again. The companies came out again today and said it's bullshit, and it's up 3.5% or so to 63.50. So what you need to consider here is uh, we took some off the table already. I think we're still up 600% or so, 500-600% around this level right here. Uh, we're up much more. But real quick, when it comes to these short reports, especially these guys that have no name, nobody knows who these people are, um, the, they have like 24,000 Twitter followers, which, you know, it's not that much more than me. So it's not that much. It's not like this big firm. They put out a short report 
And at the end, you go to disclosures, they could be, they could be shorter, they could not. They're not gonna tell you when they got, in, got into it, they're not gonna tell you when they get out of it. Um, they also, I love disclosure that all this information uh, is not been verified. So it's a complete bullshit story. But if you just peel back the onion here, it makes you wanna cry and get angry. What you find is, what they're basically doing is they're shorting the company, they're putting together a 60 page report of bashing it, and then it falls like this 60% in a day. They make 60%, they cover their shorts, they don't say anything to anybody, they're gone. So I went through their, uh, their history of how they've done. It's on their website. I think it's called Wolfpack Research or something like that. It's on their website. If you take a look at how they've done, most of the stocks that they shorted fell like this and then eventually hit new highs. They suck. The SEC, why they're not investigating this? Because they disclosed it? I'll tell you what. If I came out and I bought a million shares of EH and I put out a huge report to my 250, almost 300,000 followers and said this is the best company ever and say, I might own this, I might not. I don't know if this information is true. And then a stock goes up and I sell it and I'm not going to tell you when, but I disclose that, I don't know, I'm not going to tell you. I would be in so much goddamn trouble. It's insane. But the short sellers, they're helping people out. They're exposing fraud. That's bullshit. They're hurting the little people. The only person they're hurting is the people holding the bag, the little people right here. The retail investors, you, me, anybody who's holding it. I don't own any of this, but anybody who's holding it, that's who's getting hit. So I hope the SEC watches this and they go after them instead of going after people that are actually doing real research. Complete horseshit. Sorry for the cursing, but it's just ridiculous that, they, that companies get away with this. All right, so that's my view on, on, on that one there. So let's talk about a couple more, then we'll wrap it up here. Uh, here's a good one. Um, kind of the future of finance, fintech. Uh, so there's been two fintech announced deals. One you're probably very familiar with. This is uh, IPOE. This is one of Shamas. Uh, they have a definitive agreement to, to um, uh, merge with uh, SoFi. And that's a, a big finance company, offer lending, wealth management, that type of stuff, really to the millennial crowd. And um, uh, the uh, equity valuation, uh, at, at this price right around here, it's about $19.5 billion. It's a big, big company already. And if you take a look at their revenue uh, going forward, 2025, uh, they expect around about $3.67 billion in revenue. So, you know, it's trading at several multiples of that right now. So this thing, this is the type of company that can upend the financial uh, space. So it is one to keep an eye on. If it comes down to 20, it might be a little more... Uh, uh, attractive to me, but it is one I keep an eye on. And not in the same vein, but in fintech as well as VIH. And this is VPC Impact Acquisition Holdings, uh, symbol VIH. Uh, they have a definitive agreement to merge with BACT, B-A-K-K-T. They do uh, institutional and retail solutions for digital assets, cryptocurrencies. Uh, they were only founded in 2018 by Intercontinental Exchange, which uh, trades uh, here as ICE. So it's a very large company. Uh, so that's ICE. So here's VIH. Um, with this valuation right here, uh, it's, it's trading at about $5 billion valuation. 2025, uh, they're expecting about $6.6 billion in revenue. So not bad. I mean, all, all things considered, uh, if you take a look at where this one trades versus its future valuation, less than pr uh, 1.0 price of sales based on 2025. This, to me, is the most attractive of all of them I've come across so far. Let's see if we can maybe get one more quick thing here for you. 
And then we're going to wrap it up. Um, there's a whole thing on space ETFs, but I'm not going to touch on that because I want to spend more time on it. Uh, let's take a look at a couple. You know, everybody knows I love ARK Investing and Kathy Woods over there. Uh, a couple that they're invested in. Uh, one is Open Door, which I already mentioned. Uh, oops. I, I love Open Door, Future of uh, Real Estate, a Shamoth backed one. Uh, again, I own this for clients at Penn Financial. I love this. Uh, Desktop Metal, we have some exposure to this. This is the future of 3D printing. Uh, ARK owns some of this. Uh, SKLZ, uh, this is a, uh, a gaming company, uh, eSports. Uh, man, it's had a hell of a run too. Uh, they, they're in some of this. Uh, DraftKings they own. We all know about DraftKings. That was one of the original SPACs here last year, but it saw take off. Uh, they're also into uh, Butterfly, which I don't think has taken off as much yet. Oh, it looks like they changed symbols already. Uh, B-F-L-Y, unless I typed it in. Yeah, they did change symbols. Uh, Butterfly it has taken off more than I thought, actually. Uh, they do a digital health uh, company, uh, but medical imaging digitally. Uh, they're also in, uh, in Blade, uh, which is, uh, is, is a, basically, they, they kind of make themselves out to be uh, more of a uh, urban mobility too. But to me, this is more just uh, helicopters. So I don't like this one at all. But all the other ones really look good. So you know, I'm going to leave it there just because uh, a lot of great stuff going on right now in SPAC world. And I wanted to cover that because I know people have been very interested in. And I hope I answered a lot of your questions. But before we leave, let's take a look at the market here real quick. Uh, we have the S&P. It's actually on a low today now, only at nine and a half points. But we got a three and a half hours left. We'll see what happens. Let's take a look here. You know, it's up about a quarter of a percent. Uh, this is important. This is the iShares Russell 2000 index. You see how this pulled back? And again, I'm going to show you that on, on the chart here why that's so important. Um, and, and this is why, because, you know, this is, uh, this is resistance. It pulls back to that level almost exactly on it. Um, I need to get used to using this, but I'm getting there. And uh, up 2.2%, the small caps, they took a hit, uh, which, which is not the end of the world, but they took a hit and they pulled back a couple percentage points, but it held support. It also held uh, the uptrend line. Let me see where we got the uptrend line here. I'll draw one for you. I think this one will work. But here, let me connect this. There we go. Look at that uptrend line, folks. Um, see how it pulls back every time? Higher highs, higher lows. I could even be very fancy here and draw one here, and it, it kind of just shows the channel that we're in. And that's a, that's a channel right now. See how it hits the upper end and pulls back? We just bounced kind of off that lower end. To me, this looks great for another breakout to another high, which puts it up there. Um, Man, it looks pretty damn good. Uh, and I, you know, I love the small caps, love the mid caps. I think they're going to continue outperform the big names, especially the mega caps. Uh, that's where you want to be. So that's great news heading into the weekend right now uh, with that holding up much better than the overall market, up 2%. And uh, let's give you one last update in Bitcoin before I say adios, uh, amigos, for the uh, day here. Uh, Bitcoin, $54,650. So yeah, we're closing at 55,000. I think we had 56 at some point, maybe even today. Then we probably pull back a little bit, but my goodness, folks. Actually, did we hit 55,000? No, but we came close. All right, folks, thank you so much. Don't forget to like, subscribe, all that stuff. But let's do a one more quick recap for you. Okay, so what's important heading into the weekend, folks? Small caps are outperforming. There's your S&P, doing well, but the small caps outperform couple SPACs to take a look at. This is Blade. This is going to be the really the future of air mobility. Nope, I don't like it. Get rid of it. Butterfly. This is one that you want to keep an eye on. This is all about telehealth imaging, future of healthcare. 
What about DraftKings? That was one of the original OG SPACs of last year. Sports gambling still looks pretty hot. You want to keep an eye on this. Skills, speak about sports. This is eSports. Look at this SPAC pulling back. Looks really nice right there. Desktop metal. 3D printing is one of the most overlooked areas you'll see for the roaring 2020s. Another one, open. People are forgetting about the fact that real estate's about to be upended. This is a real estate uh, industry that's over $1 trillion. Open doors looking good. VIH, this is backed. B-A-K-K-T. This is a play on digital currencies, Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, and a company that in a couple of years you're making a lot of money. IPOE, SoFi. This is Shamath. How do you not back him? E-Holdings, E-H, we've talked about this. This is one of the biggest screw jobs in the world. I hope these guys get hit for it. Wolfpack Research, I hope they end up going to jail for it because I think they really screwed up here. And then, of course, one more we'll wrap up with. This is a true little bit more of the urban mobility, just like E-Hang is. They're merging with Archer. The future of air mobility, the future of EVTOLs, electric vertical takeoff and landing. No more helicopters. No more taxis. Flying taxis. Think Jetsons, folks. All right, go out there. Give somebody a hug. Tell them you love them. Be safe. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll be back here Tuesday. Once again, I'm Matt McCall, and that was your Moneyline. Moneyline with Matt McCall. Matt McCall. To find more information, head over to McCallMoneyWire.com. That's McCallMoneyWire.com.